about that? I'm paid as Oprah, think I may have broke the scale cause the wait is over. Lost it. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Yeah. You almost got me. I had to reach back, back and lock it. Yeah. You almost, you almost, you almost, but I got it. You almost, you almost. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Slasher Sanitarium. Thank you to that truck for driving by right when I was doing my intro. Uh, I know some of you might have been a little worried about the fact that uh, there wasn't a new episode last week. Well, that was because uh, on the Rundown Wrestling Network, the uh, other podcast network I work on, um, it was everyone's turn to get their second shot. And this week, it was mine. So, um, I am finally kind of out of the woods on the side effects and i'm feeling pretty good so let's go ahead and get into this episode five this one is called family tree we take a trip around the house hearing some whispers and we find tyler in the kitchen getting some water he hears the whispers this time and starts to follow the noise he grabs kinsey who also can hear the whispers and they go to the piano they open it to find a key inside Bodie arrives and there is a g-clef on the key i know that from middle school music class. He grabs a chair and says there's a brown box on the top shelf with the same sign on it. But you had to grab a chair, so I guess he he's just free to like climb up on these fucking shelves at any point in time, huh? Great. So they pull it down into a music box. They open the music box and all it is is a music box. There's just a little ballerina twirling around and nothing else. Uh, Tyler asks what it means that they can all hear the keys now, and Bodhi says that they all can be protectors of the keys, and the well lady can't take them from it now. Like, that's a huge leap in logic, that just because these two can hear it now that they're protectors as well, or that you're a protector for that matter. But then again, Georgie's actor, that's probably why Pennywise ripped your arm off, bro. Huge leaps in logic. Kinsey says they have not seen her in two weeks. And Bodie says, um, sorry, Bodie shows that he's been wearing the keys on a necklace. Tyler gives Bodie the ghost key and the mirror key, and he gives Kinsey the mirror box key. He keeps the head key for himself. Tyler tells them all to consult with each other if they're going to use the keys. Kinsey tells him to shut his mouth and stop giving orders. Tyler then starts to mumble, and we can see that he cannot open his mouth. Kinsey says, Tyler, slap yourself in the face, and he does it. She then says, Tyler, open your mouth. He takes a big gasp of air. Bodie says, Kinsey, do a backflip, but she doesn't. And he determines that because Kinsey put the key into the box, she's the only one that control people that can control people. She tells Bodie to pick his nose, and Tyler closes the music box. And they all fuck off as Bodhi is happy he is not alone anymore. And now has the rest of his family as protectors of the keys. This is an interesting key because everything else so far hasn't needed another thing. Other than like, oh, well, you have to put the key into this specific door or into these specific things. This is the first time where it's been like a mobile thing. Like, you can just take the key anywhere and find a mirror and slap it in there and you're good or you know the head key you can just find somebody's neck and biggity bam you're in their head 
So it's a little weird that it's like, this is specifically, I guess the ghost door is just that door as far as we know so far, but yeah, a little odd, but sure. Also, it's one of the ones where it's like, it's, it's not quite as literal where it's like, okay, it's a music box, but why does, why does that translate into controlling the people around you just by talking? Weird, but yeah. I mean, this is a show that somebody lit themselves on fire by inserting a key into their chest, so I guess I shouldn't think too much about it. Tyler walks in to find Nina staring up in a space, and she says she's not been able to sleep lately. She says a bunch of dudes have been around, not in her vagina, but to check out the stove, but they can't find anything wrong with it. She asks about Tyler returning to the hockey team, and he says he's not going back because he was fourth line and wasn't getting any time on the ice. Kinsey steals Nina's toast, and Bodie says hi and bye. That was super nice. I'm not sure why everyone is, like, rushing out the door here, or if they literally, like, just walked in on Nina standing there and were like, whatever, I'm not dealing with this. But, you know, she walks outside and sees Bodie coming back from the shed, and he grabs her other piece of toast as he fucks off to school. We don't get what he was doing out there in the... Oh, no, wait, yes, we do. Never mind. I thought for a second, and then... Yeah, never mind. So, yeah, it actually is important that he ran off to the shed first before heading to school. We then get the opening shot of the splattering, and we have Kinsey walking up to the dummy and getting soaked in blood. This is the start of the movie? I thought, like, they've been working on this for a while. This was the first and apparently only scene that they have shot so far. Uh, Scott says he's annoyed with how shitty the film looks, other than, of course, Kinsey's hot ass. That chick Eden, who quit, wanders up to claim Scott, is fucking Kinsey. She says wanting to be a director doesn't make you a good one. She then calls him mediocre and fucks off. This, of course, from the person who says that she's an actress, so that she must be a good one. Kinsey's about to throw hands, but Scott... Slap. I almost said Scott slaps her. Scott stops her. It's interesting that we're still doing, like, the Kinsey really has no control over uh, most of her emotions because she's got no fear, so she was just going to go and stomp this bitch, which I, for one, would have been down for. Tyler talks to Logan about pretending that he can't get to Jackie's so that Tyler can take her to Pound Town. Logan says it's cool because clearly Jackie's into them. They have a sort of conversation about it where... Logan says he's known Jackie for quite a while, and that Jackie is pretty particular about what dicks she sees. So, but she has not said the words, like, I'm totally down for him, but she has made enough, like, you know, puddles behind her, I guess. Tyler walks up to Kinsey to tell her she needs to find a ride home because his cock is a date with Jackie's uvula. When he sees that she has the music box in her bag, she claims what? So to keep him safe. The keys, Kinsey. Just just the keys, not not the apparatus that you put the keys into as well. Tyler asks her not to force him to be that guy, and she says, Easy, don't be a dick. Scott and Kinsey discuss that they have tools at their disposal that they can use. Kinsey opens a music box and says, Eden Hawkins, fall on your face. And Eden proceeds to fall on her face. I would have went with Eden Hawkins, go fuck yourself. But, yeah, you know, start small. Gabe, who is the member of the Savini squad that was in the suit, saw Kinsey make Eden fall. 
Gabe then goes to try it, and he makes Eden stand up and then get on the table. Now, here's the only thing. He didn't turn the key. We just established that, like, you had to be the one to turn the key. Kenji just hands him the box, and he's able to use it. That's... I, I know it's ridiculous to have her close it and then have him open it, but it's weird. He tells her to make a snow angel, then sit up and turn over. He makes her do the breaststroke again. Make her diddle herself or blow somebody. Don't make her just walk around and be weird. Eden then is forced to spray salad dressing all over her head, which I've never been to a high school that just has, like, communal salad dressing bottles. But sure. Scott says that's enough, and Gabe and Kinsey both say they need to do more. Scott is upset, and he fucks off. I don't know if they're, like, trying to make it seem like Kinsey and Gabe might be a thing, because as far as we know, Kinsey and Scott are a thing. But it was a little bit odd that she was just like, whatever, fuck yeah, I'm having fun with my new friend now. Nina meets with Joe and tells him that Tyler is quitting hockey, and Joe says he's probably busy with the fundraiser. Nina's like, huh. Okay. But then she gets a call and walks out of school, and we see Bodhi following her, and he has, or she has a hammer in her hand. And Bodhi says he brought the hammer to school for protection. So now we know what he was doing out in the shed. I'm not sure. So we've established now, it's been two weeks since we've seen the Wellhouse lady. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it seems kind of odd that out of the blue, he's just like, I'm just going to bring a fucking hammer to school today. But, sure. Jackie walks up to find Tyler using an 8-ball app. One, didn't know that existed. Two, what a weird fucking waste of time. She asks what he asked it. And Jackie gets a video link that shows Eden making out with a statue. Jackie says she has to go check on her friend. Which again begs the question of why those two are friends. And, yeah. So that's what they did. They had her make out with a statue. Gotta say, I'm kind of unimpressed with their creativity. Nina and Bodhi arrive home. She hears someone in the basement. She runs and locks the door, and Ellie yells out, it's her. Nina opens the door, and Ellie said, Rufus left one of his guys behind. Thankfully, Nina calls out how bullshit it is that she just let herself into the house for a fucking action figure. She notices a scar on Ellie's titty and asks how she got it. Ellie says she fell off her bike as a kid, and Nina seems suspicious of her story, as she well should. This woman just broke into your house, and this is not the first time that she has just wandered into your house. Gabe and Kinsey start walking through the woods. Again, real questionable. He asks how she found it, and says he thinks she's a descendant of witches. Kinsey asks why Gabe transferred to Matheson, and he says his parents are getting divorced and he is getting passed off so his mom can go fuck a bunch of dudes. Gabe then fucks off as Kinsey arrives home, and Tyler opens the door saying they need to talk. Tyler tells her to give him the key. Tyler says Bodie is far more mature than she is. Kinsey says it was great. That, that whole thing was great doing that to her. She says Tyler is not her parent. She blows off the whole well lady, almost killing Nina by saying, well, she didn't. Great defense. Tyler says they don't actually know shit about anything, and the whole we need to willingly give her the keys might not actually be true. 
She tells him to never think about her again, and they both fuck off. Tyler passes Duncan on his way out of the door, and they're just going to keep ignoring him. Bodie's drawing floor plans to the house, for reasons. Duncan walks in to talk with him about the hammer. Bodie says his family needs to be protected. He says Duncan can't understand what is actually happening. He asks Duncan if he remembers Chamberlain Locke. Bodie says that Chamberlain talked to him and told about Rendell and Duncan playing with the keys and flying around. Duncan doesn't remember and Bodie hugs him saying it's not his fault he doesn't remember. Which was a nice sweet little moment. They've got to be having Duncan around for a reason, right? Like, I know he's also in the comics, but like, there, there's got to be a reason that he keeps showing up and why they cast an actor that they did for him, because, you know, there's got to be more to it than just surrogate father figure. Nina visits Joe at home. Nina says Rendell had a scar on his titty under his collarbone that, in the shape of an upside-down teardrop, which would just be an N, right? Or a balloon? Uh, the same one that Ellie has. Rendell says he got it camping, and Nina asks how two people can have identical scars and different stories. And Joe says, well, what does it mean if two people have identical star scars and their stories don't match? And he was like, oh, well, Ellie must have lied. Or maybe Rendell lied. Or maybe they both lied. This was the longest fucking way to get out that, like... You understand that two people were lying that were friends back in the day. Joe talks about when his wife died and how he was ruining his life trying to find a reason why the doctors couldn't save her. He doesn't want Nina to waste her life trying to figure out how Rendell died. That's a good cause. That's a good conversation to have with her because pretty much all she's done with Joe so far has been like, hey, you knew my husband who's died, who died. Like, tell me more about his bed. Like... I understand, you know, you're sad he's dead, by all means, yeah, but, like, you know what happened. A dude fucking killed him. Tyler and Jackie are hanging out in front of a fire, and Eden is playing off her behavior as a performance art. Sure. Tyler and Jackie discuss how shitty his life was after Rendell died, and she starts talking him up, and then they make fuck me eyes, and then they kiss. I don't know if cutting away from that implies that they bone down or not, but it would make sense. Kinsey's in bed texting Scott. He is not responding to her. Gabe messaged her an emoji of magic, and we hear somebody throw a rock at her window. We see it is Scott. Scott says his phone has been dead for hours, and we do see he was telling the truth when he plugs in, in his phone using her charger. Scott says he doesn't condone what she did, but knows she did it for him. By the way, she brought him up to her room. So, is Nina... Nina's still fucking around, right? Like, you're just leaving these two in the house by themselves? I know she doesn't under doesn't know Scott's there, but, like, maybe set some boundaries, because there's a good chance that both of your kids could be boning right now. Not each other, thankfully. No, not each other. Not that weird of a show. But people in different areas. Scott says, let's use your powers for some good, like making a shitty movie less shitty. Scott, start, Scott starts looking at pictures and grabs the one of Rendell and his friends. He says, hey, these are the kids that drown in those caves. He says he saw an article about it, and Scott and Kinsey hug and kiss and he fucks off, which I 
don't know why she didn't just invite him upstairs. Nina arrives to see if Ellie is home, and Rufus answers the door. Rufus says, I'm not supposed to tell people when I'm home alone. Which is the perfect dialogue for that. Nina asks him to tell Ellie to tell Ellie she was by, and Rufus says, Should I tell you you seemed upset? Nina asks him if he got the action figure he left at her house, and Rufus says, No, all my troops are present and accounted for. So finally, Nina gets pissed enough to know that she's been fully lied to by Ellie, and that Ellie should not be trusted. Nina gets back in her car and gets a voicemail from Joe, saying he just saw something he cannot explain, and he needs to show her. Kinsey is weaning up and Tyler arrives home. Kinsey yells at him for coming home late. Tyler says, you told me to stop worrying about you. So, fuck you. Kinsey explains that the three kids who died in the caves were Dad's friends. They hear another key whispering out to them. So they go outside and into the cemetery. We see that one of the graves has a vase on it. Kinsey grabs a vase and breaks it instead of, I don't know, turning it over and getting the key out. Like, it's, it's just a little key. You, could, you probably could have fit your finger in there first of all. Second of all, just turn it over. Why break shit? The key has a flower on it, which Kinsey calls a starfish, because apparently she must have knocked out a couple brain cells when she was in her head next last time. Tyler says, Huh, I wonder where we're supposed to put that. Maybe the glowing keyhole on the tree. We do see that a tree nearby does have a glowing keyhole in it. Nah, can't be that. Kinsey says she wants Tyler to be with her. And Kinsey walks up to the tree and uses the key. It causes a bunch of glowing paint jars to come out of the ground. And Kinsey grabs one of the jars, and it's a memory of Rendell flying. So these are all stored memories in paint jars. Not just any stored memories in paint jars. They're Duncan's memories. We see Duncan use a key on himself to change his appearance. Don't forget that one later. Tyler is watching a memory of Rendell running up and punching some dude. Tyler says, the other kids on the ground, they're the kids that drowned, but they didn't. Because them two kids, they dead. And a third one just got killed by Rendell. So, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this took me a little bit too long to put together. That this is why Duncan can't remember shit. Because they literally had to have used the head key to remove his memories, put him into these jars... Or just remove the jars from his memory warehouse and put them into the ground here using the flower key. That's really fucking cool. But it also means that they can be put back in. So I'm anxious to see if Duncan is going to get his memories back and is going to be a bigger part of this. We end the episode with Nina arriving at Joe's house. She finds the door open and Joe is sitting on a chair just waiting for her nicely. Oh, but he does have a bag over his head, and... Oh, he did. She calls 911, and while she's doing so, she hears a noise. So she goes to see who is still there, but she cannot find anyone. We pan out and see that underneath the porch, Ellie is hiding. As we go... Off the air. So... Interesting. Very interesting episode. Um... I like that we're starting to get into this now. We're, we're five episodes into this season, so it, it, need, it definitely needs kind of a pickup here. And this is a good way to j- jumpstart it, because now you've got 
another father figure for Tyler that's dead. First his original father, now Joe. You've got now Ellie, who has a connection to the family with Rufus staying there, and Nina, who clearly both know that each other aren't great. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. I liked Joe as a character, but I totally understand why you use him the way that you, way that you do. Didn't get anything from the Willhouse lady, as far as we know. Um, didn't get anything from... Um, oh, fuck, what's the dude's name? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, from the guy who killed Rendell. Haven't heard anything about it. We didn't even get, like, a... He escaped from jail or whatever that. Which you think that they would tell the Locke family? Like, hey, by the way, that dude that totally killed your dad, he might have escaped, so be on the lookout for him. But then again, I guess we don't really know if that's hap that happened like concurrently to this or not. But either way, um, very interesting episode. Very excited to see what else is to come. And I'll be back again soon with another one. So I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.